Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast for the Memorial 2020. We're going to cover the golf course at Mirfield Village, the strategy to playing this second week in a row at Mirfield, the key stats you need to know, Tigers back in the field, what to do from a DFS perspective, what to do from a golf betting perspective. The last segment tonight is the putter throw where I get pissed about something, Pat gets pissed about something, and we just rant. It's going to be a great show tonight. There's some agreement. There's a good bit of disagreement. It's 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 a good time. Thanks for joining us. If you're not already a member at fantasynational.com slash TJ, you should be. That's where we get all of our stats, all of our information, all of our data about the PGA Tour, about the players, about the golf courses, about how they're playing. There's lineup optimizers. If you're playing DFS, there's ownership breakdown. If you're playing DFS, there's betting tools. It is the best. We've been using them for three years now, and you get 20% off any level of membership if you sign up using promo code TOURJUNKIES or go into fantasynational.com slash TJ. That's 20% off a weekly membership. That's only $10 a week, a monthly of $30 a month, or an annual membership of $250. You get 20% off all those prices. It's the best deal out there, the best site out there. Go join fantasynational.com slash TJ today. Let's get to it. We're the tour, 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 tour junkies. PGA Tour fanatics, golf addicts, podcast juice, you gotta have it. Special guest, DFS, DB, and them long shots. From Augusta to Sawgrass, we got your picks, we got your stats. Catch a bus, catch a last, sip some rose with Pat. Tour, 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 tour junkies. What's going on, golf addicts? It's the tour hunkies. I'm sorry, the tour junkies. And we are here for the memorial from Mirfield Village Jacks tournament. We're going to break down all the action. We have a jam-packed show tonight. Uh, we're going to cover DFS. We're going to cover betting in a, in a little different segment or format tonight. Um, and we're going to have the putter throw at the end of the podcast. I have something on my heart that I, I want to get pissed about. Pat, I'm not sure what you've got. But I'm sure you've got something. Um, I'm looking forward to it, man. How you doing? You doing all right after our trip? I, I'm I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. Hanging uh, today in there. was a little bit t- today was a little bit of a struggle for me. Okay. Um, a little bit a of the Hilton of Head hangover. A lot of heat the whole week in Hilton Head. Uh, a lot of drinks on my part. Um, yeah. So I would say that. Yeah. I would say. So yeah. Yeah, you did a good job. You did a good job. You, uh, We conquered Hilton Head. It was a great time. Hopefully, you guys got to see some content on the IG stories. There's a lot of funny stuff there. Um, we had a wonderful time. Um, uh, there's just so much to say about it, but I, I don't think this is the place. You know what I mean? If you wanted to see it, you follow it on Instagram, and there you go. But I will say this. Hague Point on Defusky Island, right off of Harbor Town mm-hmm. in Hilton Head, is the nuts. Okay, so... Fantastic. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. We played Hague Point. We played Harbor Town, Oyster Reef, and Palmetto Dunes, the Robert Trent Jones course. And uh, Hague Point, to me, above Harbor Town. Harbor Town right here. Harbor Town's in great shape. Got to play it a few weeks after the RBC Heritage, but Hague Point takes the cake for me. What's the podcast you tonight, by the way, considering your your long weekend of, uh, of drinking? Oh, I'm actually drinking. I got some Tito's and a little mixer here. I, I feel like, I mean, I'm just going to stay on brand. But yeah. um, it's – I don't know if I'll get to Planet Tito's tonight. There, there's, there's a strong possibility that is not going to happen. Um, That's probably okay. That's probably okay. Um, 
Well, we, we had a great weekend. I tell you what, we 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 tried to we tried to catch up on, but was tough was the victory of Colin Morikawa yesterday um, for the Workday uh, Open. An incredible playoff with him and JT. We were watching on our phones, tracking while we were playing. Try to go back and watch some highlights. Uh, can't believe that the playoff was not on TV, on live TV, considering I know there was a weather delay. Can't believe that. That that right there is enough to have a putter throw segment about whatever's going on in contract land between PGA Tour and CBS. But whatever it is, it sucks. It needs to be canceled um, because the fact that, that that event was not on live TV is criminal. So, but but – I mean, what an awesome finish. JT making a 50-footer on the first playoff hole. Morikawa sinking a 24-footer right behind him. Incredible finish. Morikawa, we, we've all – everybody knows this. This is nothing new. Morikawa's been a stud. He is a stud. He's the real deal. He was the real deal before this. This definitely helps solidify in such a stacked field uh, at the workday. But, man, to, to go toe-to-toe with JT, very, very impressive for Mr. Colin Morikawa. Yeah, totally agree. I mean – He's just he's just an incredible golfer. I mean, you know, you, and, and you did after he lost, you know, that playoff a couple of weeks ago. I just didn't feel like he was all there. But I mean, his game is just tremendous. It's actually the first time I've ever I've actually it feels like the first time in forever I've done good in a one and done. So I had Morikawa as my one. Right. I know we don't talk. I know we don't talk about it on the show anymore. But actually, he was I submitted him in the one and done, and I finally hit one after forever. But yeah, the dude's just a stud, and um, you know all these guys—Victor Hovland, Wolf—all of them—they're just incredible. I mean, Hovland yeah. is his tee to green game. I mean, it's it's incredible right now. I mean, just yeah. every single week, leading the field, strokes gained, tee to green approach, whatever else it is, and uh, so it, it's it's exciting times for golf and DFS. So, and you know what? It's even more exciting this week because we get Tiger back. Yeah, this week looking to be – I saw something on the World Golf Hall of Fame today. Well, not World Golf Hall of Fame. World Golf Ranking. World Golf Hall of Fame, what? Uh, what? That, that basically said that there is the, – the, as of this time today that I saw this, this is a strong likelihood. This is the strongest PGA Tour event in history. Uh, obviously not, a, not including majors, uh, but because it's not technically a PGA Tour event, but this is the strongest PGA Tour field in history. PGA Tour history. This field is stacked. Well, we have 133 players versus 120, but it's still stacked. And as Pat mentioned, yes, we have Tiger back. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I can't wait to get into it. Man, I got to say, we got a couple of interesting things going on. I, I want to give some stuff away. Uh, but first of all, shout out because not we have had an our listeners have had an amazing run since the restart. We had Toe Nose, who's, who still needs to reach out to us. Toe Nose, a couple weeks ago, he's got a Tour Junkies avatar, finished second and I think third in the Millie Maker on, on the RBC here. It won like over yeah. $225,000. Um, if you're listening, Toe Nose, reach out to us. We'd like to talk to you. But uh, then we had, we had our boy Scotty D, who we talked about the other, the other week, who won the Pat Mayo Open. He won $25-something thousand. But uh, we had someone reach out to us last week who won the uh, the Rocket Mortgage Millie Maker, and he is a brand-new listener to the Tour Junkies, apparently just started listening for the restart and did a single bullet in the Millie and in two other GPPs and won 
uh, close to $1.1 million and sent us a DM. His name is Josh. He's from Savannah. Pat, I believe you should you should go and play golf with Josh in Savannah. I think, yeah. I need you guys need maybe to play some together. of his luck will rub off on me too. Oh, that would be I Josh. I I would Josh. I would uh, I would take out a life insurance policy as you as the beneficiary for like a hundred grand if you would rub off some of that luck on Pat. I, I would do that yeah. for you. Just, hey, uh, reach out to me. Even though you just won a million dollars, I'll pay for everything. I'll, I'll pay for I'll pay for your drinks. Golf, which is weird. Whatever. Yeah, but yes, we will. Yeah. Um, Definitely, Josh. But he did reach out to us on Instagram. We need to set that up. But man, thank you, Josh, and uh, and and repping tour junkies, man, telling us that uh, he just started listening. So we, I know we got a lot of new listeners since the restart. People are itching for sports to come back, and the fact that we're seeing people with that much success is crazy. Um, I just I see in the YouTube live chat another another listener, Brent Turner, won twenty three grand a couple weeks ago. We got all kind of people winning money in the DFS streets. Um, we hit Daniel Berger at 70 to one to kick off the whole thing at colonial. It's been a great restart and we appreciate everybody following along with us. Now, that being said, I have a giveaway. I think this would be a fun idea and this is going to be an indefinite giveaway. I think this could be a lot of fun. We've done things in the past where if you have the tour junkies avatar on DraftKings or FanDuel or both, which you can go and download on tourjunkies.com If you click the little menu, uh, you can go to Avatar and you can download one of three different Tour Junkies avatars that we prefer. But if you want to mix it up, if you've got some of them Photoshopery skills, you may do that. Uh, but but if it, it's got Tour Junkies, right? Uh, if you have the avatar in the past, we've said, hey, if you finish, you know, top top three, top ten in a GPP, we'll send you a driver, we'll send you some 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 merch, whatever. But I think I think we do something different, Pat, because it is kind of tough when you know, guys win or they place really high and they win all this money and then we give them free stuff like that. That's, that's kind of, kind of sucks. Uh, <laughs> they, they should be buying stuff from us. So, but, but here's what we're going to do. I want to see some bubble boys. This is the idea I have. Pat, I haven't even run this by you. No, I want to see some, I want to see some bubble boys. So if you enter a GPP, any kind of tournament with, with uh, uh, let's say a thousand entries or more. Okay. If it's got a thousand entries or more, and you have a tour junkies avatar, um, and you're on the bubble at the end of Sunday, meaning you are the last person to not get paid, okay? Or maybe you were then like the, the 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 three to not get paid, okay? So you're like right here. You like you see all the green right here. There's the, there's the people in the green, and you're right here. If you're that person, screenshot it at the end of Sunday, send it to us, and we'll hook you up with some sweet stuff. Okay. As, as a way to say, hey, thanks for repping it in the streets. Sorry you lost on DK, but you're winning in life. Here's a gift from the tour junkies. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I think that could be fun because I, I was on the bubble this past weekend in a, in a big contest. And I know I would have liked it if somebody would have done that for me. Yeah. What do you, what do you think, Pat? Do you, what do you think about that idea? I'm, I'm, that's half baked right here. There's a lot of processing going on here because it's like, hey, you're, supporting us wearing that you know repping the avatar but you didn't win <laughs> so but you know i get you i get you i, I you're trying something a little bit different so a little different yeah yeah okay now right. that now that being said if you if you win a big contest and our and you got our avatar up there i mean you screenshot it to us and say hey fellas look i mean we may be like dude that's awesome here's this you know so i mean we love seeing that all i'm saying is it would be great if you guys 
you know, would, would use the tour junkies avatar. It helps us a lot. It's something free that you can do that doesn't really cost you anything. And it helps spread the word for us and it helps support us. And it's a way to kind of say, thanks for what you do for us. Uh, yeah. Let me rep this in the streets. Now don't go sucking. Okay. Don't go, don't go sucking, but we all have those weeks, you know, it is what it is, but yeah. Um, don't, yeah. Don't, don't forget to set a lineup and then have, your, have, t- have TJ yeah. all the way at the bottom. Yeah. Zero points. <laughs> Like now, I, I want to go over one more little bit of housekeeping that is very important, especially for Nut Hut members. And if you're not a Nut Hut member, last week we had a scenario that happened that uh, probably 18% of people would have been impacted by in most GPP tournaments. But it's a, it's something we need to talk about. Uh, last week on this show and in the chalk bomb we talked about our good friend, Joel Damon, who we really love, love Joel, love him. Great golfer. He's going to be a a staple on the PGA tour for years to come. We love Gino, his caddy. We love their wives are amazing. The the whole thing. Uh, The dog, Joel's dog is amazing. Um, But anyway, mother-in-law is amazing. Mother-in-law is especially amazing. Good call there, buddy. Um, You would remember that. You have like a, anyway, uh, (laughs) Long story short, without going into too much detail, this is why you you are a Nut Hut. One of the reasons why you should be a Nut Hut member on, on late on Wednesday, some information was disseminated in the Nut Hut by Pat um, that may have led people to take Joel out of their lineups, or if you had not already placed your bets, not include him on your betting card. And then Joel proceeded to just not play well at all. Um, he was uh, 17% owned across most GPPs on DraftKings and FanDuel, and he clearly missed the cut and did not play well. Um, so this is why, you know, things very much change in the world of golf, okay? This is not, you know, the, the NFL, for example, it's like you can listen to an NFL, an NFL podcast on a Thursday, and most of that information – not a lot of things are going to change except for maybe ownership projections, right? So much can change in the world of golf. And that's one reason why being a nut hut member is, is, is something that will benefit you because we get a lot of information from people on the grounds on these courses week to week that we will share carefully in the nut hut and only in the nut hut that will help you. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's not gonna happen every week, but if something like last week happens, like once uh, every like 60 days, it probably more than pays for your membership. Like if you get that person out or in your lineup based on some of the things we say. So I just want to throw that disclaimer out there. And to the Nut Hut members who missed the message, we are trying to figure out a way that we can pin messages to the top or whatever. We, we know that there was some people that just missed it because there was so much chat going on and the history only goes so far. So we're working on it. But all that to say, if you're not a Nut Hut member, last week was a fantastic example of why you should be. And it's only $10 a month or $90 a year to join. And there's other benefits, fringe benefits. So there you go. I think that I feel like that was that was something that was needed to be said, needed to be talked about yeah, tonight, Pat. I agree. I agree. Um, and hopefully uh, most of you Nut Hut members did listen to what was said. Anyway. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we're talking about DraftKings tonight. We're also going to talk about betting on DK Sportsbook. 
But thank you to DraftKings because they are wanting to help us help you and get a little message out tonight. Uh, they want you to grab your nuts, your peanuts, and your popcorn because baseball is back. That's right. Mm-hmm. The boys are getting back on the diamond this week. And while we may not be able to join them at the park live, there's plenty of action to be had from the comfort of your home. DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is going to put you on the field with a shot to play risk-free for a shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's right. I said hundreds of thousands of dollars, not thousands of hundreds. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy baseball is easy to play. You just pick 10 players, stay under the salary cap, pile up points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and more. There's no better way to put your baseball knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars. But if baseball isn't for you, don't worry. DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action, which is what we're here to talk about for the Memorial. With millions of dollars up for grabs this week, there's no better place to have skin in the game than with DraftKings. Here, I'm going to call some action. Everybody ready? I'm about to call some action. If you're wondering what the action is, I'm about to call it out. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code TOURJUNKIES to get a free shot at a share of the millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That is promo code TOURJUNKIES to get a free shot at a share of millions of dollars with your first deposit only at DraftKings. The minimum $5 deposit is required. Eligibility restrictions do apply. And see DraftKings.com for details. Thank you, DraftKings. And there you go. Great job, DB. That was I a, wish that was I a could very solid ad read. Yeah, that I was a very myself. solid ad read. Like, I wish I could do it that solidly. I can't. But we, we all know that. We know that. That's why you don't do it. Which, which is why I don't do it. Yeah. It, it wasn't flashy. I've definitely had more flashy ad reads, like the Roman ad reads or whatnot. No, no free ads. But I felt like that was a solid one. That was like a, that was like a, that was like a stand-up double. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was yeah. about like um, I can hit a bump and run. <laughs> oh god for the most part uh, for the most oh part god. except for when um yeah anyway when you can't in your hand okay um let's talk pat now we we did the course breakdown and the key stats last week for Mirfield. let's talk let's let's hit it a little bit reiterate for those that may not have heard last week maybe just joining us because they think because tigers in the field so now they're playing again uh for the first time let's talk about Mirfield village jack's course in dublin ohio let's talk about um the subtle differences we may see this week versus versus last week. And how do you apply last week's results, performance, whatever? How are you approaching that? I have my thoughts on that. Um, but let's, let's just talk through that real quick before we get, before we get into the picks. All right. So yeah, we are at Muirfield village golf club again this week for the Memorial in Dublin, Ohio. It is a par 72 playing, just over 7,400 yards. We got 133 players in this event, like you mentioned. The reason for that is because this has invitational status. Uh, so I believe that means a little more FedEx Cup points involved. PGA Tour yep. would probably yep. love me mentioning that. Uh, T65 and ties for the cut. Uh, this is a Jack Nicholas design. The greens are bent grass with a little bit of POA. Um, they are uh, extremely undulating greens, um, which is what you would expect from Jack. You know, he loved playing Augusta National. That's what they have there. So when he built this course, I think he had a lot of that, so those features in mind. But it is a traditional par 72 with four par fives. They play uh, 527, 563, 583, and 560. Uh, you got four par threes. These are very tree fairways, um, but pretty wide fairways. Um, I think if you like get down into it, it's, you know, 
All right, so how is this course really going to play like different from last week? Um, I'll mention 11 holes have water in play. So you do have some trouble that uh, you can definitely get into. And I do think you need to avoid the big numbers out here. Um, we saw it last week. This is a second shot golf course. Fairways are wider than us, you know, the, the normal, pretty easy to hit. Here's one of the things, though, that I thought was, was a little bit different than what we were told. The rough looked a little bit thicker and then more penal last week than I thought it would be. Like, if you did miss the fairway, you were in some trouble. Like, I, like if you're just watching Shot Tracker, I saw several guys miss the fairway, and then their next, you know, they, they like, literally just bump it out 100 yards, and then their next shot was a 70- or 80-yard shot into a par four. They're going to have that rough up even more this week. Um, so I think that while fairway – hitting a fairway isn't as key this week as it, as it might be on a tighter course – like the one we just played, Harbortown. Um, you still got to hit these fairways. And the rough is going to be even more penal. They're going to let it go. They're not going to cut it, I think. Um, or if they do cut it, they're going to have it a little bit thicker than it was last week. And then the greens are going to be way different this week. I think they're going to be a lot faster. I think they're going to roll them. They're going to be ro rolling at least two, you know, 12, 13 on the stem. That's a, that's a big different than where they, you know, when they were the last week. So I think that's going to be huge. So – as far as stats, I'm very similar to what I'm looking at. Uh, as far as what I was looking at last week, strokes gained approach, I think is going to be important. Scrambling is going to be important. You know, hitting those greens in regulation. Bogey avoidance, I think more so. We're not going to see the scoring we saw last week. I don't believe we're going to get somebody at 19, 20 under. I just don't see that at all. Uh, and then I'm going to be looking at putting on bent as well. Um, so, if you look at the past champions, I'm going to say Morikawa first, yeah. Yeah. which may give you a little hint as to what I'm thinking on what somebody might have done last week versus this week. But um, Patrick Cantlay in 2019, Bryson in 2018, Jason Duffner in 2017, Dirt McGirt in 2016, and then Lingmer 15, Hideki 14. So a lot of different styles of play have won this tournament. Um, but there is th – th like you said at the beginning of the show, it's such a strong field. Now, they typically do get a strong field here. Not, not as strong as it is this week, but it's, it's always pretty strong. So, but I do think there's a little bit of a strategy change because of that. I don't think you would normally see Tiger, for example, in this field at $9,000, which shows you how strong it is. Um, so just kind of my initial thoughts on the course. Um, I think it's going to play beautiful. I think it's, it's going to play tougher, though, is what I think this week. Yeah, I think it could be a little tougher if green's a little quicker, rough a little higher. I mean, we still saw Patrick Cantlay play this event last year and shoot 19 under. So I think 19, 20 under is still doable. I, I mean, I don't think it's going to be over. I doubt it would be over 20, but I think it's going to be doable. Um, I agree. Gonna, I just think they're going to try to – they're going to try to throw these guys for a little bit of a loop. I think they're going to, you know, especially the, you know, the, the ones that played it last week, I think. Well, they know, they already know the pin placements are going to be different because they said they were yeah. going to protect the, the traditional pin placements on the greens for Memorial. So they know it's going to be different. I, yeah. I don't think, I don't think there's any loops to be thrown really. I just think they're going to, there's the guys just know, okay, the rough's probably not going to get cut. The greens are going to be quicker and that's it. Like, and I, I just don't, that's the other thing I was going to talk about in terms of an approach to this week. I'm not really waiting necessarily – like, I'm not going to ding a guy who 
otherwise I, I would want to play because he didn't play the workday. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm also not going to overhype performance at the work. I'm not going to treat the, the performance at workday that much different than I would treat the performance the week before any event at a completely different golf course. I, mean, I, think, I think it matters you, you a little it, bit. I think you do – I don't think – I actually don't think you add any extra – importance to it i think you think of it as recent form even though it's, it was the same course but i think it, you just think of it as recent form yeah uh, yeah i mean it, it's it is um yeah and in terms of like obviously we saw what it takes to play well and, and in this field listen for, for dfs purposes to me the number one thing this week is ownership leverage again uh, it's ownership layer i care more about that and, and we'll rattle off stats and stuff like that we don't spend a whole lot of time trying to project ownership levels on the podcast on a Monday night because they're going to change a lot. There's no point in doing that. That's what the chalk bomb email is for. That's what the nut, the nut hut chat is for on Wednesday when we have a better idea. But in terms of DFS, I think ownership leverage is key um, because this is a, this is a cream of the crop field. There are a ton of very capable players to win this golf tournament. And we've seen, like you said, even in very strong fields, we've seen interesting names win David Lingmurth, you know, William McGirt. Like we've seen plenty of interesting names hit here. It's not always just the studs. So, you know, I, I think there's a ton of players that actually have a legitimate chance to win this golf tournament. So um, I'm not going to get too bogged down with stats, especially if two guys are close. I, I think ownership leverage in tournaments is key. Now, from the betting perspective, obviously it comes down to value on, you know, in terms of odds, win equity, um, you, you know, and, and how you, your gut, how, how you feel like things are, are matching up. But uh, it's going to be an interesting week. It's going to be an awesome week with Tiger back. Uh, he moves the needle for sure. A lot more people watching, a lot more people playing DFS. He impacts the, the, the betting market significantly. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but yeah, there, there's uh, there's there's a lot going on, and and I'm uh, I'm excited about it. That being said, I, I do um, I do think recency bias. If we're still talking strategy, I think recency bias is definitely something to be aware of. Uh, I made note of a few things. I think the I think these players that performed really well last week are obviously going to get a recency bias that's going to tend to trend them up. We're talking about DFS going to drive their ownership up. If we're talking about betting odds, maybe it it, it shortened those odds a little bit more than than typically. But obviously, Patrick Cantlay, who had an incredible run on the weekend, um, who's defending champ from last year, he was the highest owned player last last week. Um, he was around 28, 27 percent owned in most contests. He's going to go up. Woodland's going to go up. Victor Hovland's going to go up. Morikawa is obviously going to go up. JT is obviously going to go up. And I even think Xander is going to pop up a little bit in terms of people going, okay, okay. So I think those guys are going to be, you know, players that are going to be really popular. Now, there are a number of people who pissed off a lot of people that were owned highly. We'll get to some of those uh, here in just a little bit. Hideki's one that comes to mind right up at the top who were owned a little higher and probably disappointed. He finished tied for 22nd, but he finished 42nd in birdies. Uh, so in terms of drafting scoring, not so great. And then you've got six names who this is their sixth event in a row. Now, six key names. There may be more. But Sung J.M., shocker, Victor Hovland, Matt Wolf, Patrick Reed, Harold Varner, and Sepp Straka. Six names who this will be their sixth event in a row. They have played every event since the restart. 
obviously him, Hove, Wolf, uh, pretty young guys, HV3, pretty young guys, Straka, pretty yeah. young guy. Reed, Reed's your old, your old veteran there. Um, Hovland definitely showed no signs of slowing down last week. So do with that what you yeah, will, but really, six yeah. events in a row is a lot of events. That's a lot of golf. Okay. The one I think that would affect the most would be Patrick Reed, just because I'm surprised that yeah. he's done that six weeks in a row. Um, maybe he's yeah. just trying to get get away from Justine. Like, she's not traveling with him, maybe. And so he's oh, just God. like, oh, this is great. I got, like, I'm having he a great time. He could be so lucky. <laughs> he could be so lucky. Uh, all right, let's get into it, Pat. Let's get into the DraftKings picks and DFS. Let's start off the 10K – or uh, I'm sorry, the 9K and above range. We're going to lock in three GPP or tournament plays, a cash game favorite for 50-50s and double-ups, and then a fade, uh, in other words, a player to avoid in this category. Now, there aren't a lot of guys in here that I'm going to, you know, say, like, you should not play them. So it's hard to narrow down three. It's hard to, you know, pick three here, especially on Monday. So I feel like I have to say this, like, you know, depending on how accurate my predictions are of who's going to be chalk, you know, who's going to be popular and who's not, this could change. But there are only really two, two names in here that I really don't like and I probably don't see myself having any of. Um, but the rest of them are pretty solid. I think you got to go with, with what you, with what you, what you like. Um, so I, I guess I'll start, uh, Pat, I am going to roll with, I'm going to go back to Bryson. Um, I, I I'm going to go back to Bryson. It's shocking to me that he is $400 more than Rory McIlroy yet again. I still am having a hard time seeing that on paper. But at 11-1, which if you don't play DraftKings golf a lot, that's kind of soft pricing for the highest price guy a little bit, yeah. in the field. And I you want almost it. had to do that though with this this field. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just I just want it. He's won this event before. Everything is still firing on all cylinders. Everything I, like I just there's no reason for me to avoid him at 11-1. If he was 11-6-7, which I think he could have fairly been priced at, um, then maybe not. But, yeah, I think you're right. With this stack of a field, it's hard to do. So I'm going to play Bryson. Um, I love Rory at 10-7 and the upside that you get there with him at 10-7. Rory McIlroy is Rory McIlroy. There's nothing that really needs to be said about that. Uh, and then, finally, I'm going to go back to the well with Xander Schauffele, who did play uh, pretty well last weekend on his way to a T-14 um, his, his greens and regulation are top 10 in this field since the restart driving distance, top 10 in the field since the restart putting is top strokes game, putting top 10 in the field since the restart. Um, he he's hitting enough fairways. His iron play is good. He's got to chip a little chip it a little better, but if he, if he can, um, you know, if he can keep dialing in with the irons, he can keep doing his thing. And at 9,200, I love the value that Xander presents now. Uh, Xander was one of those names I feel like is going to get a bump in ownership due to the recency bias. He was 15% owned in the Millie last week and 11% owned in the $555 single entry. If that gives you any idea in terms of ownership, I do think that's going to jump up a touch, not much because it's going to get pretty diluted in the stacked field, but I do think it goes up just a little bit. Um, I think my cash play is going to be Patrick Cantlay. I love Cantlay in any format. I do think he's going to be yet again a top two, three highest owned player in this field, especially considering 
um, that, uh, yeah, again, defending champ, $9,800 T seven last week. He's had, a, got a T 11 in his first event back since the restart. Can't lays a lock for me. Um, and then my fade, I think the easy fade is for me is still Brooks Kepka. I faded him last week. You tried to talk me out of it. He missed the cut. He had a, he had a good, he had a good Friday, but this is the thing with Brooks Kepka. And this is what I said last week. He's shown a lot of inconsistency. He, he's, whether it's, whether it's, uh, you know, round to round or even tournament to tournament, there's just been a lot of inconsistency. Does he, does he have winning upside? Of course he has winning upside. Like he will always be a, I think he's, he's a killer. So if he's playing well, like watch He's not afraid of anybody in the field, including the, 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 the trash he's been talking to Bryson, but I, I just, I don't, I, I want to see more consistency. So I think to me, he's the easier fade. Uh, I have another one, but I'm going to save it. I'm going to see what you say. So that's, that's my nine K and above range. Yeah. I mean, maybe Brooks needs to stop, stop talking crap to, you know, Bryson and <laughs> yeah. do something about his own game. Um, well, the I'll save my the irons still aren't good. I'll, I'll save my fade then since you, there's some thought that, um, you don't, that I'm going to have a fade that you love. So, anyway, we'll start with this. I'm actually surprised. We have zero, besides one, we have zero of the same players in this. We have zero besides one. Okay. Okay. So, that means we have one? So, we have one similar. (laughs) We have zero besides one. Besides one. Well, uh, you'll know. Anyway, forget it. Hashtag Um, math. Yeah, so I'm going to start with DJ at 10-3. I think he's a great play this week. He's coming off a win at the Travelers um, where he was highly owned. He was around 20%, but he was in a lot weaker field than he's in this week. Um, but we've really seen DJ's game just come around, uh, you know, a lot more. I mean, he is, he started off the year kind of rough, but, I mean, he's 26 of the approach right now. He's, you know, ninth strokes game tee to green, checks the box in proximity, Um you know, he's always kind of erratic off the tee, but I don't think it's going to matter as much for him. I just – I think I think DJ is a great place, is in a great spot, right there between Rory and Kyle Morikawa. I love it at 10-3. I'd like – I'll be interested to see where his ownership is, but big fan of DJ this week, so I like him in GPPs at 10-3. Um, a guy that I thought you were going to mention, I was very surprised you didn't, for GPPs, and he was less than 10% owned last week, and that is John Rahm at 9,300. Now, look, John Rahm's game has been all over the place lately, but I think he found a little bit of something last week. His He gained 4.3 strokes on approach on in Sunday's round where he shot, shot 64 here. That yeah. is the best strokes gain approach round he has had I only went back to the beginning of the season when I know we had the long break, but that's one of the best he's had in a long time. So yeah. I think he may have found a little bit of something on Sunday and at 9,300 and if he's pretty low owned, I'm okay with that. He puts well on bent grass. He's 24th in the field. If you look over the last hundred rounds, putting on bent grass greens. Um, so if, if I can get a, you know, less than 10% owned John Rahm, I'll be all about it. Um, even though he has been inconsistent. I mean, he's been not like he started the year where he was on fire, but I like John Rahm at 9,300, so he will be another tournament play of mine. Um, before I give my other GPP, I'm going to give my cash play, and I'm going with Victor Hovland at 9,500. 
the stats are ridiculous. I've mentioned that. I, I don't even need to say. I mean, it's like second in approach, first tee to green, sixth proximity. It's unreal. You know, yeah. It's just unreal. I, the only thing we do know has been, you know, kind of off is obviously his scrambling is the one thing he really does struggle with. But actually, if you look over his last uh, 12 rounds, he's 20th in the field and, and strokes gained around the green. So he's improving there as well. I think he's a great cash play. You could play him in GPPs also. I do think his ownership's going to be high. Um, but definitely a big fan of Victor Hovland this week. Um, my fade is going to be Brooks Kepka, just like you. I, I think you turned me last week, and I just don't know. The inconsistency is just – it's just so hard to say that you can confidently play Brooks Kepka in any cash GPP or whatever. We obviously know he's got – you know, talent to, to, to just unload on the field and, 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 and do really well. But I'm, I'm not confident in him this week, so I'm not going to play Brooks Kepka. My other GPP play, and I don't care what people say, they can talk about the public money and all that kind of stuff that comes along with it, but freaking Tiger Woods is one of the best golfers in the world. Today he was – Three months ago, six months ago, Tiger Woods at 9,000. I love him this week. And we haven't seen – now, look, we don't know what's going to happen because this is the first time he's come back since the pandemic. But when he was playing early in the year, we were getting pretty low ownership from him. I mean, it was around like, you know, less than 15%. So, I don't think – I think it's going to be a little bit higher this week. But I am going to play Tiger um, we've seen him in some of these exhibition things, and we've seen some – if you look at some of the – you know, on Twitter and whatever else, the dude's striking the ball extremely well. So I will have some Tiger Woods at 9,000 this week. And he's won this tournament five freaking times. Yeah, I was, I was about to say, I mean, incredible record here at Jack's Place. Um, and I don't think Tiger's one that you worry about coming off – of a long gap of not playing because that's what he's been doing for like two years now. He goes long stretches without playing and then comes back and he's ready. He's not, he's not, Oh, I need to have a tournament round to get in shape. Like we saw, you know, a lot of people have to do when the restart happened. Like, I'm not worried about that for him. I was hoping you'd bring up tiger. Uh, he's, he's another one. Like you said, like, I don't, I don't mind. Like, and I might have some of them and I think you're right. I think he could be a little lower than people expect. Now, We'll talk about betting here in a little bit, but from a betting perspective, I don't know that I like betting Tiger uh, because you do always get a a you know if you play him in DFS, what you what you have to fight is the potential uh, over over leverage you know over ownership right because people want to play Tiger, but at least you're paying down for him. You're you're only paying nine thousand dollars, so you don't have to pay a lot for him. You know you just have to deal with potentially higher owned Tiger. In the betting market, it's he's so short because the public money always comes in that to me the odds aren't aren't what his real odds may should be. Although he's Tiger, so who knows? But I don't mind the Tiger play whatsoever. Um, and and I actually see what you. So DJ was one that I had written down. If I didn't go Bryson, I like DJ, and you 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 kind of helped me work through Rom a little bit. I had Rom last week. Rom hurt me last week. Um, even though he had a good Sunday, he still hurt me. And I was kind of ready to just kind of go, meh. But I think you kind of reminded me of how good he played on Sunday. And then looking at the strokes gained approach numbers over the last few weeks, he has been really struggling with that. And so maybe if, if, if something did click 
then that's good. That's really good for Rom. Um, and he was low owned last week. I mean, he, he wasn't, wasn't very, he was 11% owned in the Millie last week. I mean, I don't see that going up at all. And then you yeah. get a player like John Rom at 10%. So that's, that's a good thing. I think that's something to look at. You look at ownership projections for DFS on Wednesday night, and you look at how many of these big names up top are projected at 11, 10%, 12% or less. And those are guys I would start looking at because leverage in the field is going to mean a lot this week. The, all these guys up top are so neck and neck. I think almost anyone here could win this thing. So in terms of DFS, that, that's going to make a big deal. Yeah. Interesting Great. range there with, uh, yeah, uh, with the 9K and above. All right, let's get to the 8K range. Oh, man, I, I actually really <laughs> like this range. Um, we're going to pick two tournament plays, GPP plays, one cash lock and one fade. I really like this range. I could see myself having a mixture of lineups that are kind of studs and duds, a couple, you know, a couple guys, 9K and above. You know, I start there, but I could also see some lineups where I, I fade that entire range and I start here with a, a more balanced approach because I really think there's some names here that can contend, can win, are in good form. And I'm going to start with Daniel Berger at 8,700. The Berg got me that 70-1 to one payout at the Schwab. Then he finished third at the Heritage. This boy is on fire, okay? He's on freaking fire. He checks every box needed to play here. Um, I think Berger is, is a lock, and I'll, I'll eat the chalk if that's what it takes, if that's what he becomes. And then I think a forgotten man is, uh, because we haven't seen him in a couple weeks, is Abraham Answer. I love Abe Answer at 8,500. An incredible tee to green player. Since the restart, he is first in the field in strokes gained approach, eighth in greens and regulation, eighth in fairways gained, ninth in three-putt avoidance, which you're going to need to have on these undulating Nicholas Fast bent grass greens. Love Abe answer here. Uh, he's been hot since the restart. Doesn't have a great history here, but I, I, Abe answers a new player. Like this, this guy, something has changed for him in the last six, six to eight months. Um, so I think he's a new player, and he's actually – I don't actually think – the history is, I mean, even though it's it's not great, a T65 and a T57, for a guy like you just mentioned that's as young as he is, he made the first two cuts that he played here. Yeah. He's probably learned a little bit from yeah. the course. So I don't even know if that's like, I mean, you could really even go off of that too much. I mean, it's not terrible. It's just that he just, he made the cut his first two events here and just didn't, you know, top 10 it, but. Yeah, I still I agree. I think he's a good play. I like him. Uh, my cash play is going to be Tony Finau. Um, got a tremendous record at Memorial. Just shot a 59 with a bogey well, wherever he was in, in uh, Utah, I believe it is. So he's obviously been practicing a little bit, playing a little bit. Uh, we saw him at the Rocket Mortgage. Didn't do great. Hadn't done great, really, since the restart. Um, but he comes to a place at Memorial where guys that love Memorial tend to play well at Memorial. And, and he has played well at Memorial. And at 8,300, he can take advantage of these par fives. Um, I just – I think Finau, he's chipping really well right now since the restart. He's actually chipping great. Uh, I think Finau is an interesting cash play. Now, a lot of people are going are gonna to want to know about tournament play for Finau. And we'll see. He, he's getting a lot of love, a lot of Twitter love, because of his recent post where he, he posted a 206-mile-an-hour swing speed and a – 386 yard carry on a flight scope um, where he simply took his backswing from shoulder height to like head height 
and was ripping bombs, uh, 386 yards. But we'll see how it goes in terms of the ownership leverage. But I like Finau. Um, I like Berger, and I like Answer the most in this range. Uh, I got to continue to fade Sung J.M. Sums up. His wires are crossed. He's, he's got a short somewhere. This is his sixth event in a row. Uh, he's, he's just, it's just not there. So I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to get cute. I don't want to try to play Sung Jay. Yeah. I mean, I think you could easily just see him make the cut, but do like what he's been doing. Yeah. Yeah. 58th, you know, 59th or something. I mean, like, that's what I think you're going to get out of him. Uh, and I just don't see a whole lot of positive to, to him. I agree. He wasn't my fade, but I do agree. Um, all right. What you got? All right, so there is some agreement here for sure. So I and I kind of readjusted in my mind some of these plays, but I do like Burger, but I had him in cash. So I actually like Burger in cash at eighty seven hundred. It certainly could play him in GPPs as well, but I just think he's so solid right now. If you're looking for just that guy that you can plug in and build around, that's going to make you know has tremendous win upside, but also you know. Um, Top 15, top 10 upside. Burger certainly fit, fits that, and you can get him at 8,700 right along that median price range. So I like him in cash. Um, I like Ricky Fowler again this week at 8,800. I think we're steadily seeing him improve. Um, I mean, you look at his recent results. He was, you know, 22nd last week. He was 12th at the Rocket Mortgage after missing two cuts in a row. But to start the season, but I mean, I, I think it took him a little while to get in a little bit of a groove. And if you do look at his stats, they're starting to improve. You know, he's starting to get it a little bit. You know, he's 20th in scrambling. He's 28th strokes gained tee to green. He's 40th in proximity. His greens and regulation has picked up. He's 27th in this field. Whereas if you looked at that before, like at the beginning of the year when, like, Ricky was really struggling, he couldn't hit a freaking green to save his life. He's like me. Like, he's like me. I mean, he's not like me at all, actually. But yeah. but you know how I can't hit a green, and then I just scramble my ass off from there. Like that's what Ricky was doing from the beginning. But I I like Ricky at eighty eight hundred. I think he's um I think he's a good play there for tournaments. Um, as far as my fade, I'm gonna fade Justin Rose still. He's kind of he's he's Brooks Kepka for me in this range, and he could totally do well, and he could. Prove me wrong, but I just don't see him doing that. I mean, we haven't seen him playing that well lately. Now, he does, and, I, and I'm sure this is what you're going to mention. He has a fantastic course history here. I mean, he was 13th last year, T6 before that, second before that. But I'm, I'm – I just can't – I mean, he's missed his last two cuts in a row. I just – I'm not a big fan of Justin Rose. Now, I might look at him later in the week. He's one of those guys, like, if I look at him later in the week, and he's getting like six, seven, eight percent love on the ownership. I may throw some rose in my lineup, but right now, as we sit here on Monday night, he will be my fade this week. I liked, by the way, and this is just kind of extra too. I did like your pick on Finau, and you know what? There is a chance that I'm going to throw some gambling down here on Jason Day in DFS after a T7 finish. He's the one guy that I would really say that looking at last week, I might play him more than I you – know, because of what he did last week with a T7 finish. We know he's a great scrambler. You know, he lives in the Ohio area now. He does extremely – he's done well on this course in the past um, for the most part. I mean, not – you know, he missed the cut last year, but he wasn't – he was Jason Day. 
So I think he could, you know, he's going to get low ownership. I mean, let's see what he was last week. 3.7% owned. Now, he hasn't been over – his highest ownership in this whole, like, you know, since we came back from the pandemic is 8%. And that was just because, it, it, like, everybody forgot. Like, that's when Spieth was, like, 25% or 20%, and everybody just forgot about all these think problems that everybody had. But I just think that – I don't know. I like seeing the top 10 out of Jason Day. And if I'm probably going to still get him a little bit, you know, in that 5 6% owned, I, I may throw him in some lineups. Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, okay. Um, we did have a we did have a funny uh, uh, a funny comment about your on YouTube live about your uh, your love for Ricky Fowler. John Neighbors said, "Of course, Pat, Pat loves Ricky Fowler. Does Pat have orange Puma underwear on currently?" Uh, so, answer for the people: Do you currently have orange Puma underwear? And you must tell the truth. No, and obviously those people, whoever asked that, does not know me. <laughs> well, no, he doesn't, Pat, because you, he, he, you're just on a podcast he listens to, so chill. Guys, he Pat has gotten so sensitive in his old age. You have no idea. Um, Pat, why don't you start the 7K range for us? Three tournament plays, a cash play, and a fade. All right, so I'm going to start up near the top, and – I like some Mark Leishman this week at 7,800. I mean, look. Okay, so he's, he's one I wrote down as a guy, a, a key name that pissed some people off last pissed week. a lot he, of people he, off last week was, by missing the cut. He was 12 to 15% owned, 12% in the milli, 15% in the 555. He missed it by six shots. Yes. So he was, you know, and he hasn't really played, to be honest, he hasn't played great lately other than – you know, a second way back at the Arnold Palmer, which was a long time ago when you think about it. But, you know, he's a little bit more of a gut play for me this week. If you look at, you know, his stats, he's a, he's a guy that I do think can can play this course well. Um, hang on. Anyway, he's 16th in the field in strokes gain approach, 35th tee to green, 35th in proximity. He's top 20 in bogey avoidance. I, and, and if you look at his history here, it's, it's very good. Um, which, why the heck did that come off my screen? Um, wow. Sorry. Anyway, if you look at his last, he's made his last five cuts here. Hasn't finished, you know, four of those were in the top 15 with a fifth place last year, T62 the year before that, but then T15 in 2017, T11 and 16, T5 in 2015. So, I mean, the guy comes to this course and plays pretty well. He's gained thir almost 38 strokes on the field over those last five years. I think Leishman could be a good play, and I think you're definitely going to get him a lot at lower ownership with the way that well, he yeah. just absolutely yeah. killed everybody. You know, so fan of Leishman, I do like him. My next play, Ian Poulter at 7,600. I think he's a, a just wow. – this. I, I, I like Poulter this week. Um, now – he hasn't typically played this course all that much over the last few years because um, it's just not been one that's been on his rotation. But he finished T5 last week at the workday. So, I, obviously, he showed that it's not a – even though he hasn't played the Memorial itself, he can still play well on this course. Uh, you look at the stats for him, we always know he's a, a tremendous scrambler. Um, checks the box also. And, you know, 
I like for him, like a guy like him that can hit fairways, hit greens, blah, blah, blah. He's just kind of one of those normal – nobody really ever likes to play Poulter. So He's one of the best scramblers playing. in the world. Easily one of the best up-and-down players in the world. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and it will definitely get, you know, probably pretty bad, you know, pretty low ownership for him. Um, I wrote down something else that looks very important, but I can't read my writing. Jeez, you're, you're kind of a disaster tonight. Uh, clearly, yeah. the, the, the Hilton Head hangover is real. Well, my computer is also frozen up in front of me. So Your brand new computer? You've already effed up the computer that is brand new? No, I'm not. That's that's not the one that I'm looking at. For I have, a, I have another one that I look at that's over here. The other one's what's being recorded on. So, anyway, um, I do like Ian Poulter this week. Here, another guy that I think that a lot of people were on right when we started back that I'm I'm kind of liking. This is another gut play is Shane Lowry at 7,200. I like him this week. I think he could be a very good tournament play. Um, you look at as history here he was 52nd 2018 top 15 in 2017 um i think he's just another like a low owned type guy checks a box strokes gain t to green also proximity i like some shane lowry at 7200 now i'm trying to give you names by the way too that i'm not going to give you Corey connors and adam hadwin who everybody's going to talk about this week i'm Uh, not going to give you you know ben on and jordan speeth and Sergio Garcia. Actually, Sergio Garcia is my fade. So yeah, you I'll love Sergio. I'll give you Sergio as my fade. Sergio's your fade, you... huh? You like Sergio. Yeah, he is my okay. fade this week. And I'm okay. not going to give you Joel Damon. There's a lot of guys in this 7K range that I think just get talked up every single week. And I'm trying okay. to find some different folks for ownership purposes. So that is why I'm giving you a guy like Lowry, who I think can play extremely well. Now, if you want to cash play, I will give you a guy that I think a lot of people are going to talk about, and that's Kevin Strillman. Guy's just been playing fantastic. I mean, and you're getting him at 7,600, checks almost every single box. His form is there. So I think that, you know, Strillman is a great cash play this week, and I don't care, probably eating a little bit of chalk there. Um, But he has great history here. He hasn't missed a cut when I'm just looking over the last five years with one, two, three, four finishes in the top 20, was fourth here last year so I think Strillman in this range is really like the most obvious play that really jumps out at you as being a guy that I would have a hard time fading even if ownership is a little bit high on Strillman which I don't necessarily think it's going to be but we'll see I mean I mean I think it'll be high for this range but there's so many names here you're not going to have a lot of people that are like 15 percent owned in this range so I think you can find think, a lot of folks that are very like underowned. Like like there's some diamonds in the rough here, which is what I'm throwing out yeah. with Lowry, I think, and Leishman. The leash call is tough, man. Dude has not been in good form at all. We're not talking about we're not talking about a flash like last week. Like he he sucked last week and the weeks before that. Um the Lowry play I can almost get behind a little more than the leash play, but all right. Well, that's, that's interesting. Interesting names there. Uh, I will start. I'm going to start at the bottom of this range. I'm going to work my way up. I'm going to go with Georgia Bulldog Sepp Straka, who's been playing extremely well the last couple weeks. $7,000. I love the value that I get with Sepp. Uh, coming off a T14 at the workday, a T8 at the Rocket Mortgage the week before that. Now, 
Sepp takes advantage of, of par fives. He's a bomber. He's got some good distance. He checks all the boxes in, you know, your tee to green uh, or, or uh, off the tee and approach play. Uh, needs to work on the scrambling a little bit in terms of overall game, but he's putting well. He's comfortable. I think he's riding on a lot of confidence. And I love the value and the cut-making opportunity that Sepp gives the people. Uh, then I'm going to go up to Billy Ho. He, he's – I like – I talked him up last week. Um, I like the way he's playing. He's got a, a solid record here. He's making the cut, uh, you know, almost week in, week out on tour. He's a ball-striking machine. He just needs some – you know, he just needs the putts to drop. But a T7 last week for Billy Ho. Uh, I just think that's a really solid player – that is a cut-making player with great upside at 7,500. Uh, so I like well, Billy. I mean, you say cut-making, but before last week he missed two cuts in a row. Well, yeah, but he's made 15 to 20 in, in since this. I mean, yeah, I don't know. He's yeah. long term. He's a he's a tremendous cut-maker, um, I mean, typically. But yes. Uh, all right. This next pick. Well, actually, let me let me save my final tournament play. I'm going to save my final final tournament play. My cash play is Paul Casey. I really like the price of 7,900 for Paul Casey. We saw him make it, you know, he's only made one start since the restart, okay? Shaking the rust off a little bit, I'm sure, but he still finished 32nd in, in, that, uh, in that event uh, at the Travelers and gained strokes just like Paul Casey does. Tita Green in every area just couldn't putt, but that's what Paul Casey does. So at 7,900, I mean, that's a really solid price for a guy who typically we find in the mid to high eights sometimes nines uh even 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 in stronger fields uh, just from a cut making possibility now he could drive you absolutely insane putting but that's what you live with when you live with paul casey he's going to hit a lot of greens he's going to hit a lot of balls close he's going to miss a lot of putts but i think casey at 7900 is a name that gives you real win equity uh and and top 10 equity in that, you know, with a cheap price. So Casey's my cash play. I also love him in tournaments. I'll play him in tournaments too. My fade is Matt Wolf. Again, it's Matt Wolf. I've been preaching this. The guy is too hard to predict. He's too inconsistent. This is his sixth event in a row. Now he's a young, he's like 20. I don't even think he can drink yet. But um, this is his sixth event in a row. Did not play well last week. Um, I just, I think Matt Wolf's a no-go. So Matt Wolf's the fade. Pat, uh, my final tournament play of the week is someone who also falls in the category of guys that piss people off last week. This this player, now now the, the general public didn't have a lot of him. The Millie Maker, he was only 12% owned in the Millie. But the Sharps in the $555 contest single entry on DraftKings uh, played this player at 19% and saw him uh, saw him trunk slam. Uh, he missed the cut by one, by two shots after firing a pretty abysmal opening round on Thursday and, and trying to storm back on Friday, but it didn't go so I well. Guess. He's also hold on. He's also not played great since the restart. Uh, but statistically, he's a pretty good ball striker. And narratively, he absolutely loves Mirfield Village and the Memorial. Who is this player? Hmm. Well, I had it until you said that you that he hasn't played great from the restart because the guy I was going to say has played fairly well since the restart because I was going to say Cam Champ, 
who nope. heard, like was very highly owned last week and killed a lot of people. Um, so if you're saying you said he hasn't played well from the restart, he, he is not. He is not. Um, so the uh, the player because I don't want to I don't want to string this along. The yeah, player have is Byung Hun. Oh yeah. gosh, whom I was on last week, and he definitely disappointed me. But he is on record for absolutely loving Mirfield Village. He has an impeccable record at said Mirfield Village. Um, outside of last week. Well, yeah, outside, uh, sorry, at the Memorial. Here are his last four years at Memorial. 17th, runner-up, 25th, and 11th. He's got multiple quotes talking about how much he loves his tournament. I don't think he misses the cut here two weeks in a row, and I think he can contend if the ball striking just gets back to, like, normal. Because what, what we always see with byung Hunan is how terrible he putts. But that, that's always – he's always going to putt terrible. But we, since the restart, we just haven't quite seen the iron play what it normally is. I'm, I'm believing that he's close. He, fired, he was four under through, the I think, the front nine on Friday, battling back to make the cut. Then he had a tough hole, and then he kind of let it go, and he missed the cut by two. Um, but as a result of byung Hanan's horrible week last week, if you remember, which you, I don't even think you remember because you're not acting like you remember, but maybe you do. You and I had a bet. byung Hanan versus Cam Chan. Sure. So I have prepared here for our YouTube viewers. You're seeing this. I have ranch water. Now you can see, you see this, this is clumpy and disgusting. That looks uh, unbelievably hard. How many bets in a row, by the way, is this that you've lost? This is at least three. I think it's four. Look at that. Do you see that, how gross that is? Uh, I the, also the, have – The water in between the ranch. Just, I know, it's disgusting. I also have this in case I'm about to vomit. Um, so, uh, this is courtesy – This the ranch water bet was courtesy of our friend Brett Swedberg, caddy for Ryan Moore, said that he and his buddies like to do – ranch water shots and ranch water bets so here we go uh because i'm a man of my word and i lost byung hunan and uh against camp champ i'm gonna i'm gonna take this this ranch water shot Whew. and uh but despite that i'm going to i'm going to foolishly put my faith and trust in byung hunan once more after he pissed a lot of people off and hopefully i get him at, at ownership i'm already starting to kind of gag a little bit let me aim I'm this way because I don't want a projectile on my laptop or we're all going to be screwed. <clears throat> I love ranch. I, I like ranch too. So, like, this may be better than you think. I, I'm seriously, like, in a cl – I'm like – I just broke out into a sweat. I wasn't even thinking about it until I just picked it up. And now my palms are sweaty. Knees weak, arms are heavy. You know what I mean? Okay, here we go. <clears throat> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh no. This could be a <laughs> We're down. We're okay, down. good. Uh good job, DB. That was fantastic. Um not for you, but No, that F that shot, dude. Now well, some of the ranch stuck to the bottom, but it is gone. Okay, 6K range. 
sweating. <clears throat> okay, there are a lot of other names in the 7K range, by the way, that I think I'm definitely going to want to talk about in the Nut Hut come Wednesday. Oh, my God, I feel disgusting right now. Yeah, I think you could um, – this 7K range is, is fantastic. I think they're, they're, that's that's where you're going to make or break a lot of lineups this week. There's a lot of good players down in there. So, um, And that's – you know, here's the thing. You look at stats, you look at form, you look at history and all that kind of stuff. But a lot of these players, you can go with some gut and just, you know, and just – you're probably going to get them low-owned. And Can we not say gut? Huh? Yeah, I say gut. say gut anymore? You, like you're yeah. – <sighs> All right, so I will start the 6K range since DB is maybe about to throw up. I don't know. I'm going to go uh, really close. I can't. I'm going to go with Brendan Todd up there at the top at 6,900. You know, a guy who played extremely well at the Travelers until he just had a few blow up holes on the back nine and finished T11 with the T57 at the Rocket Mortgage. I like him here. I mean, he he's we haven't seen him play uh Muirfield in a while but again that was because he went through all those struggles but he did it like back in 2015 when he was as good of a golfer as he is now he finished 17th um so I think Brennan Todd is a really good play at 6900 definitely checks the box in um hmm. you know maybe I just thought about the ranch shot for a second when to throw up it was way worse uh, anyway, than I thought it was going to be uh, Checks the box down here, relatively considering and strokes gain approach. He's uh, 26 in the field in proximity. He is number one in driving accuracy, 35th in greens and regulation, 32nd in bogey avoidance. I like Brendan Todd at 6,900. I think he could be he could be like up in that 7,000 range, and we're getting him at 6,900. So I'm a fan of him. A cheaper play, a guy that like I just feel like goes under the radar every single week. But at 6,600, Troy Merritt has been God. playing. That almost makes me throw up more than the ranch water. Look, Troy Merritt has been playing extremely well. 22nd last week, T8 at the Rocket Mortgage, T60 at the Travelers, T70 at the Heritage. Okay, He's fine. Been well the last two weeks, yeah. Well, I mean, you're getting them at 6,600. I mean, all you really need is you want to you want to make the cut with a lot of birdies, maybe and some eagles or whatever. I don't know, but I think it's not too much to ask for old Troy Merritt. I mean, he's a stud. Well, I mean, it's 6,600. I'm not trying to get him to you know finish top 10 and but or maybe even top 25 or top 30. But guess what? He finished 17th here last year. So I think Troy Merritt's a pretty good play at 6,600 for a guy that's you know playing well right now that has good course history here and that is going to have extreme low ownership. I'm all about it. I think I have a fever. I think that anyway, ranch go ahead a fever. Your, let's just – Is just that all you have? 6,600. Yeah, that's all I got. All right, I'm going quick here. I'm going to go um, – I'm going back to the well with Nick Taylor. He, he, he sucked after day one, but he almost hit the first-round leader bet. Well, no, he didn't because Morty Cowell went ballistic. But he came out firing on Thursday. I'm going to Nick Taylor. I'm going to Emiliano Grillo for the first time in God mm. knows how long. He'll probably screw me. I actually me. like that play. He was on my list. I didn't yeah. talk about him. but he... I'm going Chesticle, Chez Revy. This is like team short knocker accurate as, as all get out in the six case. Uh, because I, I th I'm thinking cut maker, not volatile. You know, you got to think a high, higher though... percentage of people making the cuts here. Okay, so even though he hasn't made the last three cuts, 
like for karma purposes because you just had to take a ranch water shot that was <laughs> like the information of when like of what a ranch water shot came from ryan moore's caddy are you not going to play any ryan moore i i may play ryan moore i actually have him written down i do have him written down but i will wait until swedberg tells us what to do uh, that's what i'll do um but i'm i'm going nick taylor grillo shez norlander again going right back to norlander we've been on him for weeks now and then I'm going to give you a super, super cheap, super cheap play. Whew, hold on. I got to scroll like this Wait, is, This is, the, I feel like this is the ranch water getting to you now. <laughs> I got to scroll all the way down to $6,100. Oh my good Lord. 6100 But he just finished 17th. At the workday, Stuart W. Sink. I don't know if his middle name is W. starts with a W, but I just felt like it sounded right. Stuart Sink all of a sudden got on these familiar Mirfield greens, and he gained six strokes with the putter, three strokes on, on, around the greens. He actually gained strokes off the tee, which is stupid. That's how stupid accurate he is. Stuart Sink still has the occasional top 20 in the tank. And at 61 hunch, that is, that is, that is muy, muy bueno for a guy who loves him, Samirfield Village. Um, so I, I think that's, I, I mean, you think about it since the restart. I mean, he's, you know, made two of three cuts. So, yeah. I mean, he's made four of the last five cuts in at the, at Mirfield at Jack's tournament. And that's yeah. not actually five of the last six if you count last week, if you count workday. So it's $6,100. Like, I'll take a gamble on a little Stewart sink in tournaments. Okay. <clears throat> we, re we ready to move on? Yeah. All right. Let's talk some sports book stuff. Let's talk some betting. Let's talk some outrights. Uh, what we're thinking. I, I don't want to really get too bogged down here, Pat, in the. In, in nailing down the picks because we know things are going to change. There may be a few things in here I really like. But I just want to talk through some of the some of the things we're seeing here early over on DK Sportsbook. Now, uh, what I did find interesting is Justin Thomas is the is the leading um, the leading name up here for outright for the outright market at nine and a half to one. Bryson right behind him. Yet Bryson priced more than him in DFS. I just thought that was interesting. Now I think we got to jump down to Tiger at twenty six to one. Um, I'm not a fan of – I kind of alluded to this earlier. I'm not a fan of betting Tiger at 26-1 to because they always price him shorter because they know they're going to get the public money on Tiger anyway, so why not price him shorter? Uh, but I don't mind the DFS play, as, as mentioned earlier. But I just think Tiger at 26-1 to is one of those that – I just – I think, you, I think you're, you're better off doing something else in terms of the betting market. I don't really have anybody up here that, like – really catches my eye. I start to look in the 40 to one range. Burger kind of pops to me. Woodland at 45 to one pops to me. Abe answer at 50 to one pops to me. What, what, where do you kind of start seeing some names that make you go, okay, I might, might have to take a look at that. See, I don't, we think a little bit different when it comes because I want to always like I would love to always hit a you know forty to one to fifty to one or even a whatever one hundred twenty five to one. But for, we're talking about guys that can win. For the most part, week in and week out, they're probably going to be within that forty to one and 
less number. Like I don't, and I'm not, I don't know the data behind that, but I would bet that that would be the case. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would think, I would think historically that would be the case. So I don't just throw out a guy because he's 20 to one or whatever. Like, so for instance, like a John Rahm at 20 to one, I think is a, is a pretty good play. I like that at 20 to one. I think he's a guy that normally would be a little bit shorter than that. Um, I like him there. I like Xander, who you mentioned, you know, on, from a drafting standpoint, at 22 to 1. He's certainly a guy that could win. And then right there, you know, we just saw in third place uh, last week, Victor Hoffman, who's just playing as, you know, one of the best players in the world right now from, from a standpoint of, you know, how he's been playing since the break. Um, at 25 to 1, I like that. So from the shorter end bets, if, you know, I want to look at guys like that. I do like, Rom at twenty to one, Xander at twenty two, and Hoblin at twenty five. And I actually don't mind Tiger at twenty six. Like I thought he'd be like fifteen to one or something. I mean, like no entire like like Yeah. It's, I, I, it's only like like let's just say he had played a few events leading up to this and played well, like he might have been a lot shorter than that. And so cause because there's cause I think the the odds for him, there's pricing in uncertainty, which if you're gonna if you're going to take a bet on Tiger, you want it when there's uncertainty than when there's like, you know, like three events that he's played in a row where he's, you know, finished top 10 or something. Well, he's and not we playing three events in a row. He hasn't done that in a couple of years, but. Well, whatever, um, you know what I'm saying? Like where you have a little more form out of Tiger. So I don't really mind that bet. As far as like in the middle range, I kind of, I went sort of, you know, when you, you talked about we were going to go with, you know, a little segment on these bets, I kind of went short, middle and long. For my middle range, I liked Abe Answer. You mentioned I like Finau at fifty-five to one. Answer, by the way, at fifty to one. I like Paul Casey a lot at seventy to one. I think he's a good play. And then a guy that I mentioned in DraftKings on in, in DFS at ninety to one, Poulter. So those were the kind of the four guys that I went in this sort of what I'd call middle nineties, maybe a little bit in the longer range. But um, so those are the guys that I like there. That just I just guys that came to mind looking at these early odds on them, um, I think, uh, are worth a play. I mean, anybody that's followed the tour junkies long enough knows that DB has the DB's big balls betting card. And it's because I, I just don't, I mean, I just don't, I don't, if I'm going to put the money out there, I would just rather go kind of go big or go home attitude. And that's fine. And like some listeners may, may, um, you know, may kind of relate to that more than others. And some may kind of look, you know, look at what Pat's doing and, and go a little shorter. And I think that's fine too. I mean, obviously uh, you know, this is a really stacked field. So I just don't get, you know, I bet for fun. I bet for entertainment. I bet for, for that reason. And so for me, it's, I appreciate the, inter- the entertainment value of having more horses in the stable at longer numbers that, that I have the potential to hit than just, you know, Throw, and that's just my style. That's just me. Like it may not be, it may not be profitable it's, over the long term. It may not for be the, both of us. And for, yeah. for me, I will. If I'm going to take a longer guy, I'm going to bet less money. If I'm going to take a guy, let's just say like John Rom at twenty to one, I'm going to put more money yeah. on that. Obviously, because I have a little more confidence that he could win, yeah. and that you know I'm going to get you know if I'm let's just say I put twenty bucks on him at twenty to one, I'm 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 liking you know my return yeah. there. You know, so yeah, and I mean, of those shorter guys you mentioned, I like I like throwing down on Rom and Xander. Um, I, I like that. I just that's just not when you hear us talk about bets. When you see us write up about bets, like 
that's just kind of where I like to live. You mentioned Casey. I also had him written down at 70 to one. And then Billy Ho at 80 to one interests me a little bit. I wanted to ask you about two names, both at 125 to one. Would you rather have Corey Connors or Kevin Kisner right now at Mirfield Village at 125 to one if you could only pick one? Obviously, Corey played last week, finished, you know, okay. Kiz did not. Um, coming off of a pretty good finish at the at the Rocket Mortgage, I believe it was. Um, who would you rather have? So I wrote down three guys in this range that were over 100 to one, and Corey Connors was not one of them, but Kisner okay. was. Okay. So, I so he caught probably, your eye. So then I have to say that Kiz is the guy that caught my eye, and I would go at him. You know, coming off a third-place finish a couple weeks ago, um, I think Kiz is a is a pretty decent play here at 125 to one. So he would be the one I'd go him over Connors. Um, there were a few matchups I kind of found interesting on on DK Sportsbook. I'll I'll talk through those a little bit. Uh, one was Rory at plus 110 to Justin Thomas at minus 137. To me, yeah. I mean, like I, I mean. I kind of would have expected a minus 110, minus 110. Like, I I just – I was shocked to see Rory at plus money to JT, despite JT nearly winning. It's still Rory McIlroy. Um, that was a little tough there. Uh, also, I thought it was interesting that Tiger is minus 120 over Brooks at plus 100, which I think backs – the Brooks fade that we like uh, apparently DraftKings Sportsbook agrees that there's just not the consistency. The iron play is just not there with Brooks. I just thought that was kind of a telling line. Um, but I, I think I would actually bet that line. I think I would bet Tiger on that line. Um, I, I'd be less likely to take Tiger at 26 to one, but I, I think I might take Tiger at minus 120 over Brooks. I thought this was an interesting line as well. Billy Ho minus 110 and Joaquin Neiman minus 110. I think I think Billy Ho's a, a more – I feel like he's a safer – I don't know. Neiman's been playing well since the restart for sure. I just still haven't bought into Neiman yet. I know a lot of people See, in the community I, I have. Would, if I'm, like, throwing in right today, I'd go Neiman over him. Would you? So, you're getting even odds against each other. So, I would probably go Neiman. Um, you know, another one up there that I thought was interesting was they, they put Finau and Woodland in a matchup bet. Finau being at – plus 105 and Woodland being at minus 125. I like the Finau bet at the plus 105 over Woodland. I, like um, I think that's a, that's a good bet right there. Um, so I, uh, one more matchup that was interesting to me is Sabatini versus Glover. Sabatini's plus 100. Glover is minus 120. I, I think I'd much rather have Sabatini here. Like, to me, Glover's Glover's floor is is has always been decent because he's a tremendous ball striker. His ceiling, however, not not very good because he just can't putt. And whereas you have Sabatini, who's been playing extremely well, and who shows that when he's on, he can top twenty, top ten. You know, um, he played great last week. So I think I think Sabatini at the plus number to Glover is another interesting bet. And then I do have one. I, I do have. I do have two little top 20 bets that are short, short numbers, but I just think they're, they're something to look at. Now this guy, we didn't talk about last week. He did miss the cut. Matt Neesmith, um, who's been playing pretty solid up until 
last week, I guess. He's nine to one to finish top twenty. The kid's got a lot of talent, a lot of ability, great ball striker. If you were if you were wanting to throw down a top twenty bet, I kind of like that one. Uh, and then Norlander and uh, well, yeah, Norlander at seven uh, seven fifty seven and a half to one uh, for another for a top twenty, which I think he's he's probably you know he's obviously he's more likely to do, but I, I like him. Uh, throwing down another top 20. He's clearly striking the ball really, really well right now. Um, so it's just all about the putter for him. So if you want to, if you want a little shorter top 20 throw away, I, I kind of like those two uh, at nine to one and seven, seven and a half to one. Anything else for you, Pat? No, I think that's it. Um, yeah. All right. Let's get to the final segment of the night. The putter throw where me and Pat get pissed about something random, maybe golf-related, maybe not. Uh, Pat, I will let you start. I'm anxious to hear what your, what your putter throw is tonight, what you're pissed off about tonight. Oh, um, I don't know. I, I, think was, you, I was hoping you were actually going to go first tonight. Oh, you're not prepared? No, I'm just not as pissed off about anything as you might be. So, as you've seen early on in the show, you said you were really pissed off about something. So, I felt okay. like you might be – you might be a better place to start and then I could just sort of come at the very end because you might be longer-winded and then I would just like be like, okay, yeah, this is what I'm pissed off about. True. It's not I, think I, I think I might rile you up a little bit in what I'm pissed about. I am pissed about golf course people that treat – golfers like crap um and i want to speak to our experience in hilton head because we had some to me some negative experiences in hilton head we had some positive experiences in hilton head here we were four guys on a weekend golf trip thursday friday saturday sunday playing four courses trying to have a good time trying to get out the house trying to you know uh go go do our thing i mean i what really pisses me off is when i think about the context of our planet that we live in right now where everyone is you know dealing with a global pandemic, I would think that golf courses especially would be businesses that would, would need the money, would need the revenue, would need the, you know, the, the people coming to the golf courses, right? Like I would think that that would be something that they would welcome and then therefore they would treat those people nicely. Um, but there were just a few little things that to me added up to like just thinking about it. On the, I was thinking about on the way home, I'm like, what? this is why people, this is why new people who try to get into the game sometimes get turned away because a it's intimidating to begin with even if everyone at the facility is nice it is an intimidating thing because golf is a humbling game and it you feel like you, you like even i feel out of place a lot of places if i'm dressed to the nines right and i'm and i and my game feels good i still feel out of place when i come when i walk up to a lot of golf courses it just has that aura about it and I love the places that try to break that. And I, I can't stand it when places just don't care to break it. So we go to our first spot at Palmetto Dunes, the Robert Trent Jones course. I get there early. I got there early. I came from Augusta. We all come from different areas. This was the day we drove down. I get there early. I'm greeted by a very grumpy starter who was an elderly man who didn't want to he be there. He was grumpy. He was so He was grumpy. grumpy. Okay. I am told I, – so I simply it's, – it's 100 degrees. I said, sir – I noticed there's not a cooler on the cart. Where may I get a cooler? Uh, I'm sorry. Actually, I started at the uh, – no, no, no. I started with him. He says, oh, ask the guy uh, when you check in. He'll, he'll, he'll make sure you get it. Okay, that's weird. So I go up to the pro shop. I check in. I pay. 
uh, that experience was okay. It was fine. Uh, I pay and I say, sir, I, I need a, I need a cooler. Can I get a cooler with some ice? Uh, I got some natties that I need to put on ice. He's like, Oh yeah, go downstairs. The cart, the cart barn will, they'll, they'll hook you up. Oh, okay. So I, I go downstairs, which by the way, the old man is stationed about 20 feet from the cart barn. So the, the old man starter. Then I go to the cart barn. This really set me off. Young man walks out of the cart barn. Hey man, I'm about to tee off in, in like an hour. I, can I, you got a couple coolers I can get with ice? Oh, uh, sorry, sorry, sir. I actually have a phone call upstairs. I, I'll be, I'll be right back. There's a guy behind me. He, he'll take care of you. Okay. Um, I hate it when businesses treat the customer that is there worse than the customer on the phone. Maybe it wasn't a customer on the phone. Probably wasn't. Probably it was like his girlfriend. I mean, this kid was like 20. Like he was like 20. I hate it when I am in person in the flesh and you treat the, the phone call as a, a more urgent matter than me. And it just bugged me. So then the next person that came out acted like I could not have burdened him any more than by asking him for two coolers with ice. He, uh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Like acted like it was just the worst thing ever. Then the golf course sucked. We paid too much money to play that golf course and it sucked. So that also just was the cherry on top. Harbor town, oh, which we, which we I paid this was going. $260 to play Harbor town four weeks after the RBC heritage. A now, piece. Let me make sure that's 260 a piece. a piece before caddy before four caddy gratuity. Uh, yeah. 260 a piece. Now, it was in great shape, great shape, okay? Tournament-looking condition. The greens were a little slower than probably they were at the tournament, but great shape all around. Uh, lovely golf course, right? But if those people in the pro shop, at, I mean, they, they were acted so put out by us from the moment we checked in. And we're not walking in there. I'm not, we're, we're not walking in there like hammered. Like, we're, I'm not walking in there being a dummy. But they, they acted put out with us just by paying them $260. Then we got a garbage four caddy who didn't do crap, like did not do crap. I love having a four caddy because that means they walk down the fairway ahead of you before you hit your tee shot. And that means when I spray it 20, 30 yards offline, they can see it rattle around in the trees and find it, right? This dude never turned his head around. Four, four tee shots a hole, and the guy was walking to a spot and never turned his head around one time. Your brother almost killed him twice, and he didn't even yeah, move. He did. Or at Harbortown in general, like we've talked about this on the show, you have to hit fairways in the right spot in Harbortown, or you're going to get screwed. Not what, like eat the first tee. Like he could have been like, hey, you can't be on the right side of never the fairway here. Never did that. <laughs> Can't be on the right side of the fairway here, otherwise you're dead. I hit it dead, dead. Well, you know, I'm, I the one thing I can actually do is, for the most part, is hit a freaking fairway. Hit a fairway, right side of the fairway. I am dead. I got no shot whatsoever. Like he could have just said, "You can't hit it over there." When, I mean, but never play, that never happened. When you play Champions Retreat, you get a four caddy. If there are two guests or more, you have to have a four caddy. And on every single tee box, every time I've ever played with a four caddy, they have said, hey, guys, this is what you got to do here. You want to avoid this? You want to hit it here? Don't go here. See you later. That, this guy never did that, ever. Not one time. Not on the first tee, not on any tee. But then the worst part, 
Now I do have to kind of pick on Pat a little bit. Like Pat loves to go into pro shops and just buy shirts and hats from every course he ever plays. Okay. He loves to do that. But he decides halfway through the round that he meant to go get some merch from Harbortown and he, and he, he forgot, but that we are going to be cutting it close to when Harbortown's pro shop closes at six and our round was going to be finishing like five fifty. So Pat, yes. you, you try to call the pro shop and say, yeah. Hey, I'm on the course. We're probably going to be done around five fifty. Like, like we're on this hole. Like, it's not like we just teed off. Like we're on this hole. We're going to be coming in hot right at six o'clock. I've already walked through the pro shop. I already know what I want. I just want to come give you freaking money. I want to come buy, I want to come buy money merch that you have marked up probably 50%. I want to give you money. Could you stay open for an extra five minutes just in case? And what did you get? Oh, it was like as hard as they come. It was, uh, sir, we stay up until six o'clock. Uh, Mr. Pro Shop guy, I, like I know what I want to get. I'm just, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna grab this shirt and I'm gonna grab this and this and and pay you money. Let me tell you what happened. We got there so close. The guy inside the pro shop was walking to the door to lock it. Okay, this was when you were walking to the door, which I dropped you yeah. off at of the pro shop. You busted yeah. it out of the cart, which was at probably seriously five fifty seven. Yeah, it was like five fifty seven. Because I came after you at 5.59. I was staring at my iPhone at 5.59, pulling on the locked door. And you were yeah. already in there. So as because, you're approaching. Because I got in there right before. like He was walking to the door to shut it. And I said, got in here first, baby. <laughs> like, I, like, I can't even remember what I said because I was probably a little bit tipsy. But like, I knew he didn't want me getting in. But he didn't get to the door quick enough for me to get in to pay them 200 and something dollars for a, you know, polo shirt and a whatever else I got. I can't, I think I got a hat or something. I can't even remember, but like. And I had it, to get Ben like, a flag. It drove me, oh yeah, I had to get the flag. It drove me crazy though, because I called him and I said, I, I said two times to him, guys, we're on 18. We're going to be there right before six. All I need to do is walk in there and, pay. and they would not, they were like, we close at six, sir. We close at six, sir. And that's just terrible customer service. It really is. I don't know anybody that would do that. There's nobody in any business world to me that wouldn't say, you know what? These folks just paid $260 to play this golf course. They've had a you know a nice time for the most part, whatever else. They're telling me, they're, they're, they're giving me a heads up that they're going to, you know, come in here. It's right before they close, but you know what? It's not going to take any time, and yet we're just going to shut you down completely. I mean, it was that was one of the most frustrating things I've ever seen, and it's very pretentious. Is it comes from the pretentious golf yes, attitude that's, that's that we the, see? Yep, that's the pretentious, entitled pro shop attitude of a lot yep. of golf courses, unfortunately, and it irritates the crap out of me. It irritates the crap out of me. And I, and I think those courses need to be put on blast. If you have an experience like that, put those, those jokers on blast. Like, they, they need to. Man, on the opposite end of that, like, Harbortown, as good as it is, and so, that, so they just think so highly of themselves that that's how they're going to act. Hague Point in oh. Defusky was the opposite. They were fantastic. We show fantastic. up on the ferry. Fantastic. Show up on the ferry over into – because you, you have to get to Defusky on the ferry – Guys right there with golf carts ready for us. We go in Making there. Making conversation, friendly, yeah. 
friendly. Not the pro shop guy was fantastic the pro shop for was me. The, a gym, like Tommy the whole, the, and the the bartender Tommy. Yeah, incredible. The whole thing. And Hague Point was half the price. Now it was, yeah. we got a member rate. It was half the price. It was it was absolutely beautiful. If you are going to go play Hilton Head, go play Hague Point above any course on that island. Now. Again, the golf course of Harbortown is great. I actually think Hague Point may be as good, if not better, than, than Harbortown. From even yeah. just if, if I take all the other Harbortown BS from the pro shop out of it, Hague Point may be as good or better. Incredible golf course. You got to go play it. But that's my soapbox. If you have a bad experience with some of these places, like, dang, like I hate complaint. I, I'm not like a Karen, right? Like, I don't go to, I don't request to see the manager at a lot of places. But when it's the game of golf and it needs to grow and you got golf courses closing left and right and you got people getting into the trying to get into the game, people playing top golf and they go, you know, maybe I'll give this golf thing a try or whatever it is. We have people DM us all the time. I never played golf before, but I started playing DFS golf and the way you guys talk about it. And I follow you on Instagram. And you're always playing golf. You got me wanting to play golf. Like I can't imagine if I'm some hack that doesn't know what the crap I'm doing and I show up to one of these places, I get treated like that. Like that's the that's wrong. It's freaking wrong. So call them out. I agree. And you got to say something or it's not going to change. You got to say something. It's not going to change. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I'm glad you went first. Um, I just have a small thing that has just been, it's like a pandemic thing that's just ticked me off lately. I understand why it's happening uh, because people aren't in their office atmospheres and they don't get to see each other and they don't get to do whatever and interact like normal. But I don't know when and why and why the hell we all of a sudden got to get on a conference call and show ourselves. Like, why do we have to be on video? Like, I'm so all of a sudden, like now it's like every conference call I get on. Well, we want to make sure you get on your video. Okay. So turn on your video so we can see you <laughs> and we can interact with you and whatever else. No, that's what I do conference calls for and begin. Like, I don't want to be seen. Like I want to be able to listen. I want to be able to be distracted by wow, something what you, else. What are you doing, Pat? What are you doing? I'm working on something, something. I'm working on something. Maybe looking at my phone, doing some tour junkie stuff. I don't know. But it just drives me crazy that now all of a sudden it's like a requirement that you got your video on, which half people didn't even know six months ago or three months ago that you could even do video on a conference call. And now we got to get on there and do, I didn't. I'm pretty sure most people. Yeah. I didn't. I never had Zoom calls and WebEx calls where I had to get on video and show myself. Like it drives me crazy. Like, and it's set, and now you get it's where like, well, we would, you know, in the notes, well, we would really like you to be on video so that we can see your smiling face. That ain't why they want you on video. They no. lie. They lie. They lie. That's a lie. That that's a you lie. Are lying. You don't want to see yeah. my smiling face. You don't give a rip about my smiling face when you walked in the branch. You just want to know that I'm not at a bar or I'm not on the golf course or, <laughs> or yeah, hammered not, or. <laughs> When when we used to be able to do that on the conference call, <laughs> we used like three months ago we yeah. could do that. I could be on the golf course, I could be on a conference call and be like, totally, I'm paying attention, I'm listening, I'm participating, or maybe I'm not. I don't know. But like the 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 thing of the conference call right now, this whole is is uh, it, it it's a putter throw for me. Like I want to I want to throw the putter now. If you come on the conference call and you say, all right. You can call in, you're fine, video's fine, whatever. Okay, I'm good. But I'm I'm just I, mm -hmm. I 
I'm grumpy about video conference calling. A video that is slightly unrelated, but a little related. A video that I have, I laugh at every time I go back and look at it. We posted on our Instagram feed, I don't know, probably a year ago, but I still laugh at it. Is a video that somebody sent us where his buddy brought, he worked in construction or something, brought his hard hat mm. and his orange vest to the golf course so that when his wife FaceTimed him, he turned so there was like nature in the background and he had his helmet on and his vest on and he was FaceTiming his wife and the golf carts right there. She couldn't see it. And it made it look like he was working. Freaking love it. Obviously you yeah. can't do that. You have an office job, so can't happen. All right. Um, well, that was fun. Putter throw. Call out your local golf courses that suck. Let's put them on Twitter. Put them on freaking black. They need to get better. I'm not trying to get people to lose their jobs. But like people need to get better. It is what it is. All right, Pat, great show tonight. Thank you to all the listeners. Thank you for the YouTube viewers. Um, again, go get that avatar. Hook it up. Get the avatar on DK. If you're a bubble boy, screenshot it. Or a bubble lady, a bubble lady. We might have some bubble ladies mm -hmm. out there. Uh, screenshot that. Let us know. We will be happy to hook you up with, uh, with something. Okay? May your screens be green. I'm starting to get a little buzz. We have the DraftKings uh, show to do, Tour Junkies After Dark on their YouTube channel. Uh, let's go do that because I'm going to talk to you about I'm going to talk to you about a few picks that uh, that I think I got I got I got a beef with. Uh, so let's go do that. Let's have a great week. Get in the Nut Hut. Subscribe to the Chalk Bomb. May your screens be green. See ya. Out. <laughs>